You know, we've been uh, following a theme. Basically, it's about prayer. A few weeks ago, we, we spoke about ask and seeking and knocking, perseverance. And if you ask, it will be given. If you seek, it will find. And if you knock, it will be open to you. Well, today's scripture is, uh, and the title of it is The Power of Prayer, and the power that we have in our prayers. Now, whenever we pray, I have a question for you. Are they God's words or yours? Whenever we're praying, are we thinking, is God, is, is God, of, is God the one who inspires the words or inspires us to see the need and to pray for it? Or are they, is it just our own seeing and praying from our own understanding? Uh, sometimes I would think, we think, or maybe I'm over, uh, overthinking this, uh, but mo- many times we would think of it in the context, it's only my words, it's only my thoughts, it's something that I'm seeing and recognizing there's a need or there is something in my life that I would like to have or want to happen and so I pray to that end and so we are somewhat looking at this and saying okay God I pray for this and uh, you know if it's your will you'll bring it about if not okay and we'll go on well in some respects that's uh, a poor (laughs) interpretation of what prayer would be because if that's all that prayer would be or is um, perhaps we should go sit on uh, Santa Claus's lap and give our wish book you know (laughs) like a child asking for this great spirit in the sky from the north to come and (laughs) drop these things down the chimney Um, so but our prayers are more than just our thoughts and uh, what we want I would think that because the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwell in us, that there is a quickening of God's spirit to our thoughts and our hearts and our minds. That we look at people and we see needs and and we pray, God, help them or help that person, help that situation. Um, Help them where they are at. It's just like a, a breath of prayer to see someone in need and say instead of saying my gosh how are they ever going to survive it's God help them to survive God help them to meet their need now it's impossible for us to meet everyone's need (laughs) there's no way we can be spread ourselves so far out there that we can take care of anybody and anything on no matter what the scale is the the prayer that I think of uh, for ourselves is that there are things that we are drawn to there are things that are very important to us within, within who we are as an individual and how that we see those needs and we, we recognize that we can help those, those individuals, people in that setting, we can help. And so sometimes we can do things to help them and sometimes we can financially help them. Sometimes we can, we can pray for them. And the prayer, and it isn't that we are somehow rescuing, but we're just doing our part to, to uh, help people know or to see that God is alive and well and working in their lives. And I think of where I was thinking of was yesterday at the, the funeral, that there are a lot of individuals that were there that don't have a church. 
uh, don't attend church. And, uh, you know, so what do you preach on? What do you speak on? And so my prayer is, of course, God, direct my words and direct my uh, ideas so that I can present your word in such a way that it will be a freeing up of individuals to search for you and not allow the barriers that have been erected over the years to stand between them and you. So the prayer is, God, what words would you have me say? What, what story, what illustration would you have me give? And, and, I, you know, and I've, I never have spoken on the prodigal son uh, in a funeral service, but I did yesterday. And how that the image of God is such that, you know, uh, Jesus is telling us that story of the, the son who runs off and, you know, wastes his life and comes to himself in the pig pen when he's really, you know, at the bottom of the uh, social scale. And, and we come to ourselves in different places. It's kind of like our aha moment that we recognize that God is with us. And is that recognition that God is with me, is it because somebody else has prayed for me? Is it because your prayers for someone are being answered? Is it that, you know, my grandmother's prayers and my mother's prayers and my father's prayers, that they're still working in my life and that they are still there? Because the power of prayer doesn't just go somewhere and disappear like a, a mist. The, the power of our prayer is that it's able to, to uh, as it were, hover, be over us, be with us for a lifetime. I pray that God would direct you for the rest of your life. Well, that means that today, tomorrow, and for the rest of your life, that God's Spirit will be there, continues to be there, and that he will honor the prayers of, of people. So in, in, our, in our desire to pray... I think that uh, we need to look at the Spirit of God being in our hearts and that the Spirit is quickening us. Uh, the Spirit is quickening us to do, to say, to be that person wherever we are at. That the Spirit of God is wanting us to pray, is wanting us to bring this need before him. Because if, it's, if, we, if we let it go <coughs> and we kind of, Oh, well, it'll be, it'll be okay. No, it's trusting in the stars and the alignment of the universe and the energy of this and that and the other thing. Our belief is that God is involved and God, the Spirit of God, will do the work in the lives of individuals and in our lives. So if I am praying for something, I am praying about something, I am praying that God will open doors, then we are looking for those things to open. And so our future and where God is taking us is so very important because we're believing that God is not only going to provide, he's going to continue to provide. He's not only going to open doors, he's going to continue to open doors. Um, he's going to be able to work on our heart. So it becomes our prayer and our prayer becomes the inspiration or maybe reverse that, the, 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 the Holy Spirit quickens the idea and we make it a prayer. And the Spirit is telling us, because many times the, the, the Bible says, we don't know how to pray as we ought. But the Spirit intercedes through us through groanings and utterings. So that whenever you are, whenever people are at the, the bottom of pain and sorrow and they're, oh God, 
That's a prayer. And that's a spirit praying through them. And God, God interprets that. He knows what that intention is. He knows what that pain is. So he's, he, we then are expressing to God a prayer, a, a, a need, a petition. And in that prayer, we are also thanking him that he is the divine provider. He's the way maker. He's the one who gives us the um, inspiration and the power and the, the strength to persevere and to go through. And so we are praising God and God is giving us strength and the strength is helping us to praise him. And it's a continuous cycle that our life is one of dependency upon God and that dependency always continues to be a, a, a changing and ever circling, as it were, prayer and praise and blessing and honor, understanding of the word and the word giving back to God and God honors it to our lives and it's going forward and it's this whole process. So the, the scripture that I have is James chapter 5 verse 16. And the first part of it says, Therefore confess your sins to one another and pray one for another that ye may be healed. The prayer of the righteous person has great power as it is working. <laughs> well, we, we, of course, afterwards we're going to have a confessional here and you can gather around and tell me all your bad things. <laughs> confess your faults one to another. Um, the The... the three preachers or four preachers in the boat and they were out fishing and they decided that you know they're never alone and never able to let down their hair and you know and so they say the one guy says you know what we should just tell our our secret sin nobody else knows about you know just need to get it off our chest and let it go and one guy says he cheats on his income taxes and the other guy says he gambles and another guy says he plays the lottery or gambles on the horses and they're all going through and the fourth guy he won't say so i'm not telling you people what my sin is he says yeah come on we've all done it we've all done it we're, we're going to we you know we've left our we put it out there so what's yours and he says well mine is gossip and i can't wait to get out of the boat <laughs> so confess your sins one to another <laughs> So we're not saying you just blab them to anybody, <laughs> you know. But the idea of confession is that we are allowing ourselves to be vulnerable. That not everyone, <laughs> no one has it perfect. If we think that someone has the perfect life, we have missed it. That, uh, you know, no one has the perfect life. No one has this perfect place that they live in, the perfect relationships, and everything is perfect in their life. It's not true. It doesn't happen. Everyone has their difficulties and their crosses and their petitions and their weaknesses. Everyone has them. It's just our fantasy that what we watch on TV, that these people, some people have everything and they never have a problem. You know, and that's not life. Life has its problems. And that we are not above others and we are not beneath others, but that we are all children of God on the same plane. And that, that in this place of equality with God, that we are understanding we have one obligation. And what is that obligation? To love each other, but to recognize that we are children of God. That we have an obligation to God is to recognize that we are his child. 
And as his child, we have certain rights and responsibilities. And the rights are to be receptive of God's blessing, and the responsibility is to pray and to honor him with our gifts and with our lives. So to confess your sins one to another and pray one for another. It is our responsibility to pray for people, to bring their needs, whatever they may be, whether we don't know them at all. It's that we, somebody's on our mind and we, we pray for them. You know, it's just, you know, how many have done that? You know, somebody's on your mind and you call them up and they say, well, I was just thinking about you. You know, oh, a CSP. <laughs> no, that's God's spirit. That God's spirit quickens our hearts and it's like that's letting us know that our thoughts are on the right plane, that, that we're thinking it's our thoughts and it's actually God who is inspiring our thoughts. So we give God credit. You know, we give God credit for that confirmation that this is exactly what we were, we were supposed to do, that they were expecting and we were waiting for, and, you know, that's how it goes. <laughs> so, prayer, one for another, that you may be healed. And, and the healing, you know, at, at, a, at a glance, we would think that uh, this is that somebody is sick and we're praying for their healing. But we go back and it says, confess your sins one to another. Sometimes we carry loads that God has forgiven us of that we don't let go of. And those loads, of the load of guilt and condemnation, causes us to be sick, physically and spiritually. And God is saying for us, if, if, if in the sense that if giving it to me is not enough, then confess to someone else so that they will recognize and tell you that your sins are forgiven. When the Bible says that we have the right, that we have the re responsibility to, to forgive sins, you know, as ministers and so on, we have, a, we have the responsibility to forgive sins. That is, we have a responsibility to tell people, as you confess your sins to Christ, they are forgiven. <laughs> it, do it doesn't mean you confess to me and I forgive you. That is, you confess to Christ and I tell you by the authority of God's word and his spirit, you are forgiven. Amen. <laughs> you are forgiven because that's the Spirit of God confirming what you did in your heart, but it's also coming to you uh, from, a, from a person. And sometimes we need to hear what that voice of a person affirming and confirming what the Spirit has been saying to us. Then it says, The prayer of the righteous person has great power as it is working. The prayer of the righteous. You see, there is a support system that you have and we have around us and around our family, the family of God. You know, in the Lord's Prayer, our Father, our Father, we have a, we have a support system here. It's all. He is all of our Father. Not that he is the creator of all mankind and everybody is on the same. Every Christian, every believer is that we are our Father. Our Father is Jesus telling us that we are with him. We are included in that, in that scenario. Our Father. Jesus is saying that to us. He's telling us that we are to pray. Our Father. And Jesus was telling his disciples, but he's telling us. And we are part of the our, 
of the disciples and of Jesus. And we are part of that family. So every time we look at prayer, it is inclusive. He is our Father. We are gathered together in this family that is called His body, His church. And we are together in this. And so as we are bearing the burdens of one another, we are the burden is praying for them. <laughs> you know, in, in the grief uh, counseling and working, you know, with staff and people, they said, well, you know, I wish I could take some of their pain. I wish that I could take something off of them for the burden that they feel. We can't transfer that. If we try and take it, we didn't eliminate theirs. We just increased ours. <laughs> you can't take somebody else's pain. What we do is we allow them to, we, we support them, and the Holy Spirit becomes their support system. And Jesus is the one who bears our burdens. We don't take the place of Christ. We are not Jesus. <laughs> we, he's the one who takes people's burdens and people's pains and heals people's hearts and, and helps them to deal with the day-to-day -day life of sorrow and grief and when things don't go right and, you know, there's car crashes and, and sickness and emergencies and things like that. God is there to support us and support us. And the support system is the Holy Spirit, but it is the body of Christ who are part of the R is praying for us. And that power of prayer is a very fervent, effectual fervent prayer of the righteous person. Is much, avails much, has much influence. So if we minimize, if we try to minimize our prayer, <laughs> that's not God speaking to us. That's the enemy, enemy of our soul trying to deflate and devalue what we have to offer. What we have to offer is the power of God in, in, a, in the power of his spirit to surround someone and to keep them safe in their heart and in their life. And we can give our words and we can give our hugs and we can give encouragement, but we can't, you know, the Holy Spirit is going to be there 24-7. <laughs> that the, God is going to be there helping to sustain them and hold them up and give them strength. In a very present, he is a very present help in a time of trouble. So God is there to support us and to support others. Whenever the scripture says, forgive as you've been forgiven, forgiveness doesn't make us forgiven. Forgiveness by God is to recognize that we have received the character of God by being forgiven, and but with, by receiving that character, we are to forgive others. And so when God is having us pray, when God is inspiring us to pray, he's not minimizing, we are, we are giving the character of God. We are giving what we have received. We are allowing the Spirit of God who has touched our hearts, who has given us strength, who has forgiven us of our sins and established us in his kingdom, and we are giving this to someone else, and it has great power. It has great influence. Well, we may not see it, but that doesn't matter. It matters only that we have done what God wants us to do that we have given ourselves to the word of God, that we have prayed it and we have spoken it and we have covered people in the blood of Jesus Christ. 
It is the blood of Christ that covers us. It is the blood of Christ that washes away our sin. It is the blood of Christ that protects us from evil. You know, that just like Job, <laughs> that devil has to go to God to get permission. You know, if we recognize how important we are and how influential the Spirit of God is and the Word of God is in our life, we will see that the devil's on a leash. <laughs> he doesn't want us to know that, but he's on a leash. And he can't go and he can't trespass on God's territory. This is God's. I am God's. You are God's. We are his children. And we can venture out, you know, like, <laughs> you know, go to a house and I went to a house and you could see where the dog was on this log chain, you know. He's a huge, vicious dog. And you could see his circle. And for whatever reason, these people had that circle over top of the walkway going into their house. And if you weren't paying attention, you were going to walk into that dog's space. <laughs> and so I'm walking up there, and there's this space. You can tell where the circle of the dog is. And I'm walking up there, and, it's, I'm not, and the dog's over there just kind of laying in the pen, you know, laying in the doghouse watching. You know he's wanting to take a bite out of you. And I'm walking down the walk, and I'm saying, I'm not going in that circle. I'm going around. And as soon as I made the, the turn to go out of the circle, that dog came full speed. <laughs> Because he knew I was smart enough to not walk in his circle, and he was, gonna, he was going to give me a, a, a scare and to let him know that he was, in, he, was, he was aware of where I'm at. You see, the devil's on a leash. We don't go to where he lives. We don't go to his territory. We stay in the presence of God, and if the devil's in our territory, he's there only by permission. And we can rebuke him and leave him and d ditch him and know that God is going to give us the strength to go through it. So the prayer of the righteous person has great power as it is working. <laughs> we would like for it to, uh, we would like to pray and, you know, 30 seconds later, yes. <laughs> you know, it's, I think sometimes, I've never played those one-armed bandits, you know, those slot machines. I've never done that, but... I don't know if I'm missing something or not, but, you know, if I laid hands on it and prayed it, maybe it would all ring out for me. I don't know. But uh, <laughs> sometimes, sometimes I think we're like that with God. We throw in a few prayers and pull the handle. Yes, it's all over. I've done. I've won. God heard my prayers, and there we are. And no, I'm, not, <laughs> no, I'm not advocating going to the casino and playing one-armed bandits. Okay, I'm not. But sometimes that's how we think of prayer, that we prayed and nothing happened. You know, God is at work, and we find that as he is working, God is at work in your life and my life. He's working. We are a work in progress. And it's not going to be over until the day we go to heaven. Until that day, we are a work in progress. If you think you're perfect, you're not. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry to burst your bubble, but, you know, you're not perfect. So, we look at all through the Bible— we have this, we see how powerful and how life-changing prayer is. All through, the, all through the scriptures, there's the stories of how that prayer, you know, I, I think of, and, and again, with Jesus and the five loaves and the two fish, the little kid's lunch, that Jesus prayed and he broke it. And as he broke it, it multiplied. 
the disciples were there. They saw the kids' lunch. They saw the five loaves and the two fish. And Jesus, they all have a basket. Jesus breaks this lunch, and he breaks it, and he breaks it, and he breaks it. He fills up the baskets of every one of them. And then they go out, and they feed. Every, everyone gets to eat. They're filled. 5,000 men plus women and children. Then they go back and pick up what's left over. They have 12 baskets full. Every one of them comes back with a full basket, and there they are standing there in front of Jesus with every basket full. Everyone is eaten, and there's a little basket there in front of them of five loaves and two fish. How did that happen? When Jesus blesses and breaks your word, it has a way, and it's not just your word, it's, it's his, his inspiration and the Spirit working in you. He then takes that which, you, which is ordinary to you, and he blesses it, and it touches this one, and it touches that one, it touches this one, it touches another. That the power of God's blessing on our life isn't, isn't <laughs> um, diminished because all I got is five loaves, five flat pancakes, and two sardines. <laughs> you know, I only got five flat pancakes and two sardines. What's that among so many? All we need is God's blessing, and so in prayer we ask God to take who we are and bless it. And the disciples, when after Jesus, um, after Jesus was crucified and risen, you know, he's in there with the with the the, the two on the way to Emmaus. And he's in with supper and he's setting down to them and he broke the bread and he blessed it and they recognized it was Jesus. See, there's something about how that God is able to take what we have and bless it and break it. And it's in that giving of who we are. It's in that, in that giving of what we have that we see and recognize this is more than just me. This is God. This is God blessing my life. This is God touching me and taking this, whatever it is I have, and he's multiplying it and he's using it in a way that will touch people's lives. And we, in our somehow thinking that it's not that important because, in it, you know, because of whatever, and God is saying it's important because I bless it. And whenever we go to prayer in the morning, parents, <laughs> bless your children. Pray for them every morning. Pray for your grandkids. Pray that God would bless, bless them, protect them, guide them, watch over them. Bless their teachers, keep them safe. Every day you pray your blessing and favor over your child and over your neighbor's kids and over other kids that come to your mind. You pray for that. You pray for God to be over them and keep them safe. It's not an assumption it is a request that we make of God. And our request is made known to God. We have not because we ask not. You know, the persistency, if you knock, if you seek, if you keep on asking, you're going to find, and, and I think of it, not only find the answer, but you're going to find out how God has been using you and blessing you. You see, through your prayers, you can tap into God's in, inexhaustible power in your life. The power of God in your life never diminishes. It's just our awareness of it changes with what we think and feel. 
The power of God doesn't change. It doesn't fluctuate. It is always the same. It's just sometimes we don't feel it as much as we did other places. But it's still there, just as real and just as powerful. And because we don't feel it doesn't mean it's changed. That God is there and he is operating in our life. And the power of the Spirit will, that the, the presence of the Spirit will inspire the Word. We will inspire the Word. I'm the Lord thy God that healeth thee. <laughs> you know? He sent his word and healed them. And, and it's like the word of God comes to us and gives us the idea of, well, you know, God, he broke bread and he blessed it and he multiplied it. God's going to supply my need. <laughs> that you're, you're praying about something and, you know, you turn on the radio, the Christian radio, Christian station, and there's a song that meets to your need, or there's some speaker, and he says exactly what you need to hear at that moment in time. It's like you couldn't have split it any closer than you were thinking the thought, and you turned it on, and there it is. And it's like, you know, those things happen, but there's a quickening on the inside that says, that's God telling me. That's God speaking to me. You know, and to take it one step forward, further, you are that voice to other people. You become that person that helps other people. That you become God to them. You're not a God, but you represent God's presence and love to them. And they sense it and feel it. And this is who we are. Very gifted people. God calls us, even sometimes on a phone. <laughs> God calls us, and he works in our hearts and our lives. And nothing is beyond his power. No one is beneath. We haven't exhausted. We're not too bad. We're not the worst. God can take a murderer named Paul and make him a saint and write half of the New Testament. I mean, God can take a doubter, we label that to Timothy, and tell Timothy, hey, come here, bud. Let me see, let me show me, let me, I'll show you my hands. You see, God, is an inter God doesn't use our failures against us. We use them against us. The devil uses them against us. God says, I, can, I, I forgive you. Let's get on with living. Let's allow the blessing of my word into your life and let's take those five loaves and two fish and let's make a difference in the kingdom today. Amen? Let's stand. To pray is to live, to ask is to depend, and to surrender is to, be the, is to be dependent on the Holy Spirit. Amen? Father, thank you. God, sometimes we don't know how to pray as we ought. God, we, we get confused between our thoughts and your thoughts and our needs and what you want to do, and we think of it as being too selfish and too and outlandish and too far this and too far that. God, quiet the doubts. <laughs> Let us... Give to you our thoughts and our prayers. Believe, O oh God, that you will do a miracle and do a work in us. You will help us, O oh God, to be part of the answer to the prayers that we pray. God, you will 
Speak your words through us. And may we have faith to believe and to know that you'll never leave us. You'll never, never, never forsake us. And God, that we're always safe in your presence and you'll lead us on step by step. Cover us, O God, by the blood of Christ. Forgive us of every sin. Give us strength for each day. We pray, O God, for our families and our children and our loved ones. I pray, O God, that you surround them, keep them safe. I pray that you will silence the enemy of our soul. I pray that you will break the strongholds that he has upon people. I pray, O God, that you will wash our minds with your spirit and your word, that we will be able to think your thoughts and hear your word, and God, we will be at peace with you and with one another. God, I pray that you will touch our families, our children. I pray, O God, that your anointing will rest upon us. I pray, O God, that your spirit would be empowered within us. And Lord, that we would see your hand and see your spirit working in our lives and the lives of our children and our, our families and our parents. And God, our, this, this, just this extended family that we have together, the, our, our children and our grandchildren, God, bless them, keep them, protect them. Keep them safe, O oh God, and let thy power of your presence shelter them and keep their minds and hearts presentable to you. I pray in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. God bless you. <laughs>